You're listening to Scratch and Sniff Online with Nick Randall. My special guest in SNS Land today is based in Italy and has an extraordinary and diverse range of talents spanning opera singing, piano playing, chocolate making, poetry writing, painting, and even more singing with her collection of self penned popular music tracks. I'm so tired of this rush to get so The truth is I never really want Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and give it up for the incomparable Emma Stace Darling. So Emma, welcome so much to the programme. Thanks very much for having me here. I'm really delighted. It's wonderful to have you here. And obviously we need to understand how this creative touch paper, if you like, was lit, but shot off in all manner of directions. Uh, You've proved yourself in so many different artistic areas and substantially. Uh, You're an opera singer and I've seen you in action. (laughs) And uh, you make your own range of chocolates, hot chocolate, uh, which are... Amazing readers, honestly, if you, you've got to try these, these are a completely different experience. And we'll talk through the seven stages, I seem to remember, of enjoying your chocolate. Nice. Um, as opposed to my lovely partner, Andy, who as soon as I gave him one, he just popped it in his mouth. And I said, no, you're not supposed to do it like no, that. No, that's completely illegal <laughs> and he must be punished <laughs> forthwith. And you've written two books of poetry as well. Uh, what, I mean, what have you not done? I haven't um, done any pornography that I know of but um, I, I I do do things that seem to crowd my mind and want to be done I think the Nick the only thing that I'm capable of doing is I'm totally able to lose my guard and open up particularly for the painting that what I can do is open up, let my guard right down, because I'm not afraid, because I have faith that I'm safe. And, and you're a very spiritual person. You have a very strong That's faith. That's right. Let's wind it to back to the beginning and uh, your early days and sure. uh, influences and loves and losses and all the well, rest of it. Well, you know, when I was um, three, I used to sing the Queen of the Night in German to pitch. <laughs> Um, all around the house, my parents used to laugh at me lovingly. And uh, I knew I was going to be an opera singer. I mean, I knew that was what I was going to do. But then when I was training to be an opera singer, I was just bored. And I wanted to write my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And people like Kate Bush and Tori Amos and Joni Mitchell and James Taylor and Sandy Denny were coming into my consciousness. And I just wanted to write music and to sing songs. And I have to this day, you know, 750 songs which are copyrighted, which are just ready to go and be orchestrated because they're poems that are set to music. And I 
I just yes. didn't want to be another follower yeah. of another group. And one thing that seems to me to lead into all this explosion of creativity in, in a relatively short time seems to be the fact that you were held back in your life uh, uh, by a long-term crippling illness. And your okay. first book that's called Girl on Fire, right. it's not just called Girl on Fire because you're sassy right. and this, that and the other. There is a reason for that title. Right. Do you want to explain Nick. it? Exactly. The uh, reason it's called Girl on Fire is because I had, um, for 24 years, I was more or less completely housebound and crippled by a horrendous, disgusting illness, which mm. is actually more common than we think. And I won't go into the details, but I sure. I felt like I was on fire in my abdomen. And to cut a long story short, three years ago when I moved to Italy, they found out what was wrong with me very, very easily and mm. cured it. And for 21 years in England, I tried 261 doctors to get rid of this complaint and I felt that I was on fire yeah. that's what my symptoms felt and I was just mm. thrown on the medical scrap heap mm. when they found out I was an actress and a singer of course it just held me back even more because mm. they chucked um, pills at me yeah, yeah, you see absolutely. and this is one of my main life aims to build a foundation for people who are thrown on the medical scrap heap yeah, yeah. and I want to help people in that position to give them hope mm, because if mm. I was cured... And information as well based on your own life. Exactly. Mm. And what I loved right. about the, this whole story that you said you were cured right. through love because you met your boyfriend That's in right. Bolania and he was the one who got you to the right person. That's right. How amazing I, is that? I'd had my mum and my dad and me and everybody onto it for um, 21 years. And my lover, who has uh, been my lover for three, four years now, we're as close as you can get. He looked up my condition and he found online. Would you believe it? This is a 24-year-old guy. Mm. Found out what my condition was and who could help me. And there was a doctor in Rome and a doctor in Bologna and I was cured within six months. That is an extraordinary story. Yeah, right. And I'd been going up weekly to London in and out of hospital all my life and leading about 10% of my life. No. 
I'm on fire too, composed and performed by Emma Stace Darling. Scratch and sniff. So you went to the London Music Academy to study classical singing. That's right. Which is an extraordinary achievement in itself, but you felt quite hemmed in and contained right. by perhaps not so much for disciplines per se, but the way you were taught. Yeah, nothing to do with discipline at all. I'm okay. an extremely disciplined person. No, no, I didn't mean it like that. Which, sure. No, and I understand what sure. you're saying. I was taught discipline by, by, uh, by my dancing teacher, and mm. I learned to get up at 8.30 in the morning and limber up and dance over emotional crises. No, I felt <clears> very hemmed in. I was learning to be an opera singer. Uh, which I am and Mm. I I felt completely incarcerated I felt that there was absolutely no room for expression and in fact Mm. the rather famous so I won't name her teacher at the time of musical theatre sort of took me aside and said look you're obviously um, you know you're obviously um, very good at all this sort of thing so I'm just going to take you to one side and say I get it Mm. don't don't take part in these classes Mm. Mm. And I felt completely hurt by that. Uh, I mean, did, it was you, just did she not mean it in a positive way? Or? No, she didn't. Ah. What she wanted me to do is stay out. No, I understand that. But didn't she mean it in, in a way that she acknowledged the fact that you were a, a bit of a one-off and you needed to spread your rings in your own? No, she didn't. She didn't. What she <laughs> meant was stay out of my way because I'm dealing with a bunch of... I never liked her anyway. Yeah, whoever, whoever I'm dealing with a bunch of twits who don't know what they're doing and mm. I'm going to pay you no attention at all and I needed attention. Charming. Yeah, it was a real kick in the face, you mm. know, Nick. It was a real kick in the face and it's yeah. something that I still get over to this day. I know her. I mean, I know who she is and I want to say, do you know what they did to me? Mm. When I was 19 years old, mm. you know, a virgin and a young woman and didn't know what I was mm. doing, it hurt I me. I thought yes. it was going to be like the kids from Fame, yeah. you know. <laughs> so you left, but you... But, I left but, after two two out of three years. I said, mm. I just can't be doing with this anymore. Yeah. So you started to write your own songs yeah. at the piano. Right. You are a, a very accomplished pianist as well. That's right. What do you not do, Emma? I mean, I've listened um, to your music. We're going to pl- segue into one in, in a second. But uh, you composed all these lovely songs, right. some of them I based on your poetry. Right, mm. right. Now, I was reviewing some of your songs. My 
God, Emma. I mean, I've heard you do the classical stuff as well, but I was reading other people, different notices on the YouTubes and stuff, saying that it, uh, across between, and I would endorse this, across between Kate Bush, Joni Mitchell, various Thank people, you. but it's not something you're, I don't get the impression you're trying to ape anybody's style. No. It's just absolutely you. It's, it's a very raw very sound. Raw. It's very it's powerful. It's only just piano and vocal. And it, it has sounds, to be set to yeah. music. So you, you compose it, you play the <clears> piano, <throat> and then you sing to right. your own poetry. Oh my God, total control, Emma. I have to. And we applaud you for that. Yeah, you know what I mean? (laughs) I have to be totally, absolutely involved in what I do and control everything because if I give away one little facet of what I do, Mm. then I'm risking everything, aren't I? Because you see, music is about marriage, it's about a combination. Scratch and sniff. Well, time for some more music now, and I want to play from your wonderfully diverse playlist, um, a track called Colours. I want to play it simply because it's cool as a cucumber. Go on and face it. 
Listening to Scratch and Sniff online with my special guest Emma Stace Darling. So when you left the Music Academy, you became quite established quite quickly in, right. your, in your own right. Um, right. You got rave reviews for your portrayal of Donna Elvira in the Mozart's Don Giovanni. Yes, sir. And then you were sent straight to Italy where you started singing Puccini and, and Verdi as well. Right. So, so That's f- right. F- amazing. Now let's talk about David Bedford, who was another important influence in your, in your life. Your soul, yes, because right. um, he was going to write... Songs for you was that? Well, he did. He, he did. He did write several songs for me. He he was a brilliant contemporary classical composer, and he heard me sing at Dartington International Summer School, and we clicked immediately. And he liked my voice, and he wrote this classical stuff for me. And David Bedford is most well known for tubular bells. Okay, that's what he's most known for: orchestrating all the Mike Oldfield yeah. stuff. Now, Emma, you wrote a song a day for three years and earned uh, your living playing them all around the country and in That's top right. London clubs. I mean, yep. the Mean Fiddler, which is a, a, a well-renowned one, the Orange, the Café the de garage. Paris. Um, yeah, I mean, yep. how was that life living on the road? It was I guess? fantastic. Mm. You know what the most hilarious thing was ever? Mm. Because I'm blonde and I look like I, I, I do, I was pushed into a certain category. So I immediately, mm. being extremely young and naive, rebelled against it and I wore a gentleman's suit. Mm. I wore an old suit that my father had had when he was very, very young and slim man. And um, I wore a tie and a white shirt and a gentleman's suit. Why am I thinking of Liza Minnelli? (laughs) I wore these seven inch heels. It was my like signature and it still is. Mm. And to cut a long story short, I dressed as a man. Mm. And um, the reception at the clubs was very flattering. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So I made a nice few Fivers yes. then, which was a lot. Sorry, where, where, where were these fibers being inserted? <laughs> um, they were being inserted into the hands of the door people. I'm with you. Okay, okay. Yes, this is a, this is a respectable club, me. ladies and gentlemen. There it's was no shirts. pole dancing or anything like that. Absolutely what not. What a shame. Well, I think, you know, but that's something else you well, could Well, I act. could have made a lot more money doing <laughs> that. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. This also connects to something you're involved in now, branching off yet again, Emma, into comedy, a little bird told me. I, well, that little bird's going to get a spanking because ah, although okay. correct, um, that's very naughty information. Mm. Yes, I am, and I don't know how it's happened, Nick, but I am going to be performing a stand-up comedy routine. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I've written it. I can't believe it's happening to me. People have been saying I should do it for years and I've been saying, don't be ridiculous. I'm a singer. Anyway, I mean, 
at the most marvellous venue, um, a guy called Martin Besserman is uh, the MC, and the venue is Monkey Business. Monkey Business? Yeah, at Chalk Farm, and they're opening uh, a new one in Leicester Square, and it's all very exciting. And I don't know how I got into it, but it's probably too late to get out of it and I'm not a we little unnervous. We, we don't want you to get out of it at all and oh. I'm sure there'll be follow-ups on your websites etc so oh, Emma, emmastacedarling.com do, <sighs> do check out her comedy work on top of the <laughs> chocolate and the this and the that. Oh, no. What does she do in her spare Mad. time readers? What does she do? No idea. Anyway. I do. Okay. Well, <laughs> we won't go into that. Scratch and sniff. With Nick Randall. Let's have another song then. I've got a, a variety of different ones. Let's talk about Tuscany. Now, oh. now obviously, you've, you've embraced... My uh, dad lives um, in Tuscany. Yes, you, you've yeah. embraced Italy. You now live there. And yeah. uh, it, it, it's part of you. Uh, tell us a bit about Tuscany, the well, song. you know... The inspiration. Oh, the song. I was there on one holiday and it just struck me. It's got to be the most beautiful place in the world with the sounds of the cicadas and mm. the taste of the olives and the, the beauty inside the churches and the fact that the Alps actually mm. look like Toblerone to me. I mm. am obsessed with chocolate, mm-hmm. as you know. We'll get to and, the chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's lovely because my father lives there now, so I can go there when, mm. whenever I want. He lives in Lucca. Okay. Which is uh, and you've in got the, the You've got the mountains of the moon and... Um, We've got everything. Let's hear Tuscany. It's called Tuscany. It was just a holiday I went into Italy My daddy's playing piano from my kitchen And I might the key Wouldn't he be the heat serrated me Just like me in Tuscany. 
Listening to SNS Online with me, Nick Randall, and today's special guest, Emma Stace Darling. And if you want to comment on this or any other show, then please follow or like our Facebook page, SNS Online, or Twitter, which is Scratch and Tweet. Past shows are available to be heard on SoundCloud by searching for SNS Online and MixCloud by looking for me, Nick Randall. Now, I want to talk about some of the notices that you've received over years and one of the reasons I initially started speaking to you via a friend on Facebook, how random is that? How was, random is that? Paul Thomas, if you're listening, thank you for the interview. Um, was reading some of your notices. <laughs> Let me just go through some of these. Uh, but... No! Oh, my God, I have no idea what you're going to say. Oh, don't be so ridiculous. No, I, I don't. Well, go on, go for it. Go well, for it. This is on your website, darling. Now, now it's, Go for it, go it's for it. Good. At the Times, uh, Darling's delivery shows that her lovely soprano is suited to a very wide repertoire, showcasing a singer that we will doubtlessly hear more about. Well, it's true. La Cecilia, darling. Emma Darling, English <laughs> soprano, delights the audience with her intense voice. How the sweet. Observer, star of the evening with soprano Emma Darling, but her acting as well as her singing is invariably compelling. Invariably uh, compelling. Yes, uh, another one here. Um, words of music. Her every word clearly projected, even through ensemble, making dramatic sense of everything she sang. And finally, we have Asda, milk, eggs, bananas, <laughs> and a treat. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. That's um, that's my shopping list. I wrote. <laughs> I was I was thinking, what have Asta said about me? No, no, that was my shopping list. I wrote it at the bottom for Andy. So. <laughs> Scratch and sniff. Online. Now, Emma, let's talk about your poetry and the fact that you've had two books printed. Now, one is called The Girl on Fire. We discussed the origins of that. And the other one is a, is a name from your childhood. Do you want to explain a bit about that? Yeah. The one after Girl on Fire is called Jabagodigi, which is a kind of... I'm glad of a, you said that. Yeah, Jabagodigi. I made up that word when I was three. Um, it, it is an expression of sort of exasperation. So you might say, oh, I've forgotten my mobile phone again. Jabagodigi. That is, it's not an expletive. It's mm. not rude or dirty in any way. Mm. Its colour is orange and... Um, it's a very colourful word, and I, I, I very much wanted the cover to, when I painted it to match mm. that word, Chabagodigi. And also, I have my novel, The Ballad of Easy and Bell, coming out next month. Two poetry books and a novel. And actually, you don't know this yet. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm having, yeah, they will be published by an extremely well known firm. Okay. In fact, I've self published them because I just wanted to get them out there and 
they're to be on sale. I understand, yeah. But the price will now drop about £10 because right. hopefully they'll be in bookshops soon. So let's have one of your poems, then. Um, I'm gonna, not all my stuff is uh, miserable. I think it's very <laughs> important to, to to get a good balance in a book. And okay. uh, Girl on Fire has a uh, a piece in it called A Good Poet, which I will read for you now. I'm glad I'm not Emily Dickinson. What a miserable life led she. She didn't have Cadbury's dairy milk and nobody came for tea. She sat and wrote and sat and thought and contemplated sorrow. Her frail young body questioned if it could get up tomorrow. She had a bloke, but shut him out along with fun and laughter. She'd go for walks and spot a bird and cry for ages after. You wouldn't want her over much for Christmas or a party. She wasn't what you'd call a goer or a laugh or hearty. I'm glad I'm not Emily Dickinson. Her life was just a curse. She wouldn't hokey-cokey, but she wrote some cracking verse. That's fantastic. I love it. Scratch and sniff. So, let's talk about your paintings. Now, My how paintings. did that all start off? All <laughs> uh, right. Well, I can tell you really easily, but it's a very authentic answer, and I, I, I'm not sure whether it's too honest for most people. Go um, for it. That's what we're here for. Okay, well... I was in a very bad state and I was very low mm -hmm. and my father sort of shoved paintbrushes and paints into my hands and said, get rid of it this way. Right. As therapy. Right. Wow. Right. And I said, don't be ridiculous, I can't paint. Because I thought that painting meant painting people's faces, mm. painting Daffodils chairs. Some, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And that's, I was never into that. I never appreciated that. I understand. Yeah, I always appreciated the Impressionists and the abstract people. Mm, which is, yeah. Right. Which is what what, what your paintings really are, right, are right. about. They're... And and I just got completely stuck into it. And my first painting I sent him a picture of and he said, you have an eye for colour, you have an eye for image. And I said, no, I don't. It'd be ridiculous. And he said, I will buy you some... Uh, paints and some paintbrushes mm -hmm. if you continue to paint the picture every day mm -hmm. much like my songwriting yes absolutely and he was really the encouraging force to say paint what you're feeling write it in poetry paint it express it get it out there Right. So, so in terms of the actual paintings, because obviously yeah. this is radio, how would we um, describe it visually to people? Oh, golly. Um, in well, one sentence. <laughs> um, no. I would say that nothing looks like anything it's meant to look like. Yeah. I'm very obsessed with abstracts and I'm very obsessed with what's behind a thought. Mm. I'm obsessed with these women that I'm painting, which are just called, you know, woman A, woman B, woman C. Mm. And half of their face is what they present to the world and the other half of yes. the face is very much what they keep hidden from the world I and understand. have to deal with, that, that's with the world. Mm. And they're the most popular paintings, mm -hmm. not just with women. Just to say, we'll be putting these up, some of these uh, images up on the various websites. Facebook, which is SNS Online. Twitter, which is Scratch and Tweet. And also, emmastacedarling.com. Right. Slash the universe.
<laughs> Stratosphere. Yeah, absolutely, no, but you know, I was mm. obsessed with. Mm. I saw this painting by Matisse, which was Matisse. a woman with like a ruler down her face, and half of it was sort of her beauty, mm. and half of it was sort of her sorrow, or mm. or whatever it is that she's hiding from the world. Because I think that women and men, but I was brought up by a matriarch because my parents separated when I was three, so right. I was very brought up by my grandmother and my sister and my mother so I was sure I'm very and I went to an all-girls school you have to remember so I I was women orientated mm. and I was obsessed I am obsessed and I started to paint these women and I couldn't bloody stop and um I've painted loads of them and I said to my mother gosh it's like a it's like one of your choirs because my mother is a singing teacher. Mm. And I said, it's like one of your choirs. And she said, choir is like an army. Mm. I'm obsessed with these women because you see so much of, I think what a human represents, both woman and man, is, is the front. And then what's behind the front when you actually get to know someone is what they're trying to cover up and not showing and dealing with. And I think that that's interesting yes and and what i've noticed with your more abstract works is color is very important yeah you get a mood from certain types of blues for you and i love Absolutely. the color blue so much and uh, other ones. well i'm obsessed with sugar and you're very blues. you're very into sort of shapes as well so yes. there's lots of sort of different shapes lots and, and of lines lots, lots of, of stained glass yeah. window uh, type what, now one of your ones uh, it was a brown uh, yeah. lots of different shades and stuff and it's called whiskey love whiskey love not real love you see i mean like you can get but the because titles to me it looks like what you feel like after about 15,000 <laughs> whiskies not that I've ever drunk that you understand I should hope not it? my darling Absolutely go to your room at once no single more for me but what you. I love is that uh, I mean obviously these paintings thank can you. be interpreted uh, without a title but the title really adds a richness to your paintings um, let's segue into this and talk about the events you've just done, and Thank you're going you. to be doing another one in Paris. Yes, you do get around. I can't be on the on in the same place for too long. Mm. I get very itchy. This was at the spiritual church of. No, you tell me. I've... The London Centre for Spirituality, which is um, St Edmund's Church in the city centre. Yes, I, I had this art exhibition, but I also sang and mm. read some poetry of mine yes. and exhibited some haute chocolat. And, yes, absolutely. And I was there with my roving microphone to capture the atmosphere of uh, an Emma Stay Starling gig. So we're in the London Centre of Spirituality in the Church of St Edmund. It's a very beautiful Christopher Wren church in the city. Very near Bank Station, I did get rather lost because there's quite a few churches around here. How long has this place been running for? The centre's been going for uh, about 10 years. Okay. Uh, the church has been here for 300 years. So when did it stop becoming a church and a centre for it's, spiritual guidance? It, it's it? still technically a church, it's right. still consecrated, and we do occasionally have services here. Uh, we're standing um, by Emma's beautiful chocolates, and I'm standing with Emma's mother. Um, hello, Emma's mother. Hello. <laughs> What's your part in all this? Being Emma's mother, I think that's probably <laughs> it, really, enough. <laughs> Supporting her in her uh, creative night. We're hoping at some point we might eat, eat some of these chocolates, but uh, none have been eaten so far, and I don't want to be the one who starts. It'll have to be somebody else. 
So, Steve, you're uh, here to support Emma tonight. Um, how long have you known Emma? I can't remember how many years. It's been a long time, actually. Uh-huh. Been singing partners and um, great friends. So, what's all the singing about? What, I mean, I know she was singing, but what, you were in a, a troupe together or something? We were, yes, a troupe called Soiree. Uh-huh. Um, we used to do Victorian and uh, Edwardian evenings. Right. And she was the lovely Miss Elizabeth. So what did you do this in people's homes or in venues? How did it work? Uh, yes, we used to travel around country homes and um, we were hired to sing um, and do an evening of uh, Victorian um, melodrama and uh, a soiree of uh, parlour songs. So, why are you here? Was there a free soup sign outside? or was there some... We're here for the wine and the chocolates, which are absolutely beautiful. Oh, the chocolates are amazing. I've been waiting for the first person to eat one so I could just get stuck in completely. So how do you know Emma? We know Emma because um, Emma used to teach Katie singing. And um, when Emma left to go to Italy, Emma's mum, Molly, took over Katie's singing lessons. So we've still got a connection. Fantastic. So what are both teachers, mother and daughter, like Katie? Can you, can you spill the beans? Uh, they're both really good teachers because they have loads of experience so they can tell you all they know about the singing industry so that you can, like, their tips can rub off on you and then it just helps you out when you do festivals and stuff like that. I don't know where her paintings came from. I think they're fascinating and I love the colour in them and I love her titles which help you to understand them. What do you think about her paintings? I like them, they're different. It's not the sort of thing that I would normally go for, but they're very creative and I think the colours are beautiful. Really, really nice colours. She's got a real eye for putting things together. Would you hang any of these on your wall? Uh, I like the ones that are like purple and blue. I'd I'd have them if they were for sale. I think you have to drop a hint at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, your names are? Nelly Susi, Dalia Kibiro. Obviously you're here to see Emma, but uh, who do you represent? We represent The Cut magazine. We're based in London and we're a youth magazine which is published four times a year, but it's mostly online. And we're interviewing Emma today to write a feature on her. And how did you get to hear about Emma? Our, our friend Nendi told us about her and we looked at her website and we thought her work was amazing so yeah. we wanted to come and interview her, find out more about her work mm. and because she does so much. So. And what do you feel about her poetry, her paintings, her chocolate? Let's talk about it. Her chocolate is amazing. <laughs> yeah, forget the other stuff. Just chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> no, her paintings are also really beautiful and right. her poetry was great as well. We have Emma's stepfather here who's calling himself Fred because he's got a, he's got a story here but um, he's worried Emma will be a bit concerned about, so we don't have his real name on record. What's this about chocolate being splattered all up your kitchen when she was making them? No comment. So coming out of that one, obviously your stepfather was talking about creating all this <laughs> chocolate in the kitchen and it was splattered halfway up the wall. It but, was. But based on how I know you, that absolutely it lo- is right, but it should have been uh, an expression <laughs> of, of creation. <laughs> and who no. cares who has to clean it up? I would go into your house and lick it all up. I mean, the chocolate, obviously. I need to- <laughs> oh, Do you know, God. honestly, Nick, you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> my boyfriend in Bologna says to me, I can't believe we've got this luxury apartment mm. and I made it so beautiful mm. for us. And it's always either covered in 
frogging acrylic paint or mm. chocolate. Yes. I yeah. mean, it looks like a B-movie mm. horror story no, sometimes. But um, uh, No, it, you're right. My stepfather to, was right. But to endorse the whole evening, I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. You were, you were demonstrating your singing, <laughs> your poetry. Molly, every mariner's dream. Now, my mother is called Molly, but this is nothing to do with her. <laughs> I absolutely promised you. She's sticky, sweet and gooey too. The seamen love her, they would do. She's busty, booted, <laughs> saucy, keen. She's mine. Every mariner's dream. <laughs> <laughs> We had wine. It was. It started off very informally, and I was quite nervous. I thought I was going to be there, and then suddenly you start doing high kicks on stage and stuff. And, That's right. And, and and it wasn't. We just took about an hour before you actually did something, and we were chatting to each other, the various people in the room, having a nice glass nice. of wine, looking for chocolates. I was waiting for the first person to eat one chocolate, then I was going to get in, and I did. Good um, for you. I adored your chocolates, Emma. Who can take a I absolutely adore them. Let's Thanks. talk about Thanks, your Nick. respect for chocolate. Yeah, well, you know what? It's really total. Mm. Since I was about five, I mean, obviously we all love Cadbury's Dairy Milk and other garage mm. bought chocolates. Cadbury's Caramel. Yeah. But other variants of chocolates Cadbury's are available. Cadbury's Caramel. But the thing is, you see, they're like a fix because they're full of additives, like Coca-Cola, sure. which make you want to drink more. Mm. And listen, I am not disrespecting that. There mm. is a place for that. Mm. But what I'm concerned with and, in fact, obsessed with mm. at the moment is um, mm. really... To make the finest chocolat in the UK, mm. to use no additives at all so that their shelf life is a week maximum, sure. to get the tempering of the chocolate absolutely right, and to get the ingredients from literally the places that they originate from. For example, I buy my lemons from Sicily. Mm. I get my lavender from Provence. I get my oranges from Seville and mm. I really do and I'm completely serious about this wow. I cover my chocolates in 24 karat gold leaf wow. which is why they're not 10 pounds a box mm. I mean the boxes themselves yes cost them. 10 pounds mm. you know <laughs> because I want to the 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 idea that I have is very much to get the creative idea of the collection and my current collection my first collection is called the simple ecstasy collection and what we're going to do is we're going to get other people to make them and I shall um be the the creative force behind it, very involved in it and the packaging and the look of it and very much the mm. coverings of the chocolates to represent who they are. And, of course, I write a little four-line poem. Yes, for each chocolate for and a each name. each character, oh, and they all have a name. But how, but it, There's it, a niche, you know, in the, the market But, but the great this. thing is it comes from such a good place. It's not being done just to manufacture chocolate and make as much money as you no, can. No, Who knows? Absolutely if not. If you make money out of it, then fantastic. But it, well, but I it, will, it, but that's not why I'm interested I, I in it. I absolutely understand. 
It's authentic, I yeah. think, Nick. And it, well, it's like any other small firm that started uh, small, uh, even though they might be doing really big and they're chains now. Right. You know, William Curley, yeah, you could, Paul yeah, A. Young, yeah, you, could, you, could, you can tell right. the, where it's come people. from. And it, it, it's nice to know the origins. Well, mm. you know, it is authentic. And these poems I write do represent characters and they are wearing the same clothes in every collection. Mm. And I spend a lot of time on the artistic representation of it. And ultimately, what I very much want to do is get other people, I create them, other people make them, and we get them into concessions in stores, but in the best stores. I mean, if I get my own store, so much the better. But I am very much the creative force behind it. I don't intend to spend my life sweating over an no, anvil no. because you've that's got, not my forte. You've got too much other I'm stuff to do. I'm yeah. a performer. Exactly. Mm. Other people can do it better. Mm. And it's what they love doing. Mm. For me, it's a pain in the ass, but I do it to show it can be done, you so, know. And I eat them. And what did um, if we could have your friends think of them? What have your friends thought of my, my chocolates? My friend, are you talking about my my lovely partner Andy? The man I'm talking about your lovely partner Andy. Hello. What did you think of the chocolate? He was so impressed. I I, I managed to nick about twelve. <laughs> Well, good. No, that's great. And um, I, I gave him the first one and said, right, you have to hold it, you have to smell it. And, and he just chucked it in his mouth straight away. The that Philistine, is incorrect the eating. The Philistine. But uh, he was very impressed. And when I came back later that night, all except two were gone because it had something on it and he wasn't sure what that was. So I had that one. That's amazing because, <laughs> you know, to eat au chocolat and to really, really to take them in, my maximum is about three because the yes, aftertaste yeah. can last for about half an yeah, hour. Yeah, no, which, which I noticed at the and time. And I had a letter. And I told you, well. I think, yes. <laughs> I, I told you about a letter I got on Facebook from a woman who'd ordered um, a box of them and, and she told me that she was watching the news and she was in the USA and she had an experience. <laughs> Oh, while oh. she was eating a Lady Betty Marzicot. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said to <laughs> me, to yeah. And she said to me, I was completely on my own. Mm. The cat was sitting on my lap. Mm. And I spontaneously, beep, 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 beep. I said, you didn't. She said, I did. And I said, I'm sure what? it was a coincidence. Oh, that? Yeah. Oh, God, blimey, that's sexy, that is. <laughs> and she said, I can only assume it was because I was literally in ecstasy. Okay. And I thought, and I said to her, well, I don't believe you. And she said, well, I think you should use it as your advertising slogan. So I said, well... I'll tell people that can handle it, but I don't think my church friends will handle it very well. <laughs> but I mean, you know, good for... You see, chocolate can be a very, very sensual experience. And I think that the whole inhalation, the whole mm. touching, the whole looking is mm. so much part of it, the mm. whole packaging. Rather than just knocking them all back. Yeah. Exactly, like one does Andrew with Thorntons or Cadbury's <laughs> or, you know, any of these mm. marvellous makes. If it says... It has a sell-by of 12 months. Years. What does that tell you? Mm. If something's going to look the same in 12 months, I don't know whether I want to eat it. Because they actually discussed changing the name of Cadbury's chocolate to Cadbury's family chocolate to imply that it's fine, it's great, but that's 
not what you do, but I think they did. They put something in it that's addictive. It's like Coca Cola, I don't mm. know what it is. Mm. They're very clever people. Mm. I think it's just been bought by America, which utterly infuriates me. Right. But, um, oh, well, that's, a, that's mm. another one. Scratch and sniff. So you have two poetry books out now. You've uh, got your paintings, your chocolate, your singing. You've done all these songs on YouTube, but you're going to be releasing a CD very shortly, or perhaps it's even come out by the time this interview is out. Yes, I've had, a, a, I've had somebody saying that they want to put a few of my YouTube songs and some of my classical opera arias on the CD mm. and with a nice photo and, and, and release it. So mm. that's, that's very nice, and mm. let's see what it will lead to. I want a song choice from you. Our, our Desert Island Risks slot. Now, obviously, we've had some of your songs on the show, but what would be a song that would sum up your ethos, your life, inspirations? I think Steely Dan, Don't Take Me Alive. Right. I think Steely Dan's the best band ever. And I think that some of the songs they wrote are so beautiful that I can hardly bear it. I mean, they're right up there with Ravel, the piano concerto, the second movement, and I think Don't Take Me Alive are just brilliant genius. So my song choice is gonna be Don't Take Me Alive from Steely Dan.
Steely Dan and Don't Take Me Alive. Well, we're almost at the end of our show with Emma Stace Darling, but we can't go without Emma reading out one of her favourite self-pen poems. This one is called If I Lose You Now, and it's from my debut poetry book, Girl on Fire. If I lose you now, I will never be able to move again. This moment will freeze, and so will I. If I lose you now, I won't ever tell the time again. I won't know when we fell in love, I won't recall anything. If I lose you now, I won't ever see my hands again. They will be forever over my eyes, my palms over my cheeks. If I lose you now, I will atrophy. I will turn creased and brown like a wilting flower and never bloom in the spring. If I lose you now, I won't ever sing again. You will be stuck in my throat forever. My breath won't want to get past you. If I lose you now, I will stay awake forever. In case I fall asleep and dream you're here, I will wake up to horror. Horror. If I lose you now, I'll just sit and sit and be a thing the matter cells and form of someone inside someone else scratch and sniff Emma Stace Darling it's hey. been an absolute privilege to have you on the show it's uh, been more a privilege for me Nick well they usually say that no but I'm saying it because I mean it <laughs> thank you And don't forget to check out emmastacedarling.com or join the 5,000-plus followers of her Facebook like page. Emma's two poetry books, Girl on Fire and Jabagodagi, are available online from lulu.com and many of her tracks can be found on YouTube. Until next time, this is Nick Randall signing out with Keep Dancing. Hello, it's a lovely morning The sun's coming up to up my coffee cup Hello There's a package for me As full as a little bull With pictures of those I
It's an okay morning. <laughs> That's never how it is, no. It's always black or it's white. Hey ho, it's such a long journey. But I got this little feeling everything will work out just The sun's coming up to sparkle up my coffee cup.